everybody. Hi. I'm Jillian. I'm Bianca. What's up? Thanks for joining us once again on the Hamilcast. Welcome back. How are you, Jillian? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Bianca. Thank you. Um, We haven't done listener emails in a while. We haven't. We should do that. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do, let's start off with that because we have kind of a little bit of a heavy Chernow chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about ghosts today and we have to talk about it. Well, it's the next chapter up, so we have to. Yeah. And there's, it's, there's a lot, it's pretty heavy. There's a lot of slavery stuff. You guys, those founding fathers, they were little hypocritical yeah like very much so but before we get into that we thought maybe we'd balance we'd balance it with <laughs> a little bit of a lighter air yeah because it kind of sucks the churn out chapter or not it's very well written <laughs> i'm not saying that i'm just saying uh this chapter sucks yeah no never <laughs> ron churn now i can't wait for you to be a guest one day you will be i promise i promise myself <laughs> that that's gonna happen we, we have a bunch of emails. We've gotten like a lot of emails in the past couple of weeks that we really like. Um, so we're going to pick a few to discuss. Yeah, I know. I just can we start with this one? Because I know it's late because tax day already passed. It's like I think by the time this episode is up, it's like May. three weeks ago. Um, but Belinda emailed us, Belinda Presser, and she said, I smiled today writing a check to the IRS because it was made out to the U.S. Treasury, and all I could think was, sir, do you want me to run the Treasury or State Department? Let's go. I know it's a lot to Treasury ask or state. to leave behind the world, you know. Sir, do you want me to run the Treasury or State Department? Treasury. Let's go. It's a nice spin on tax day. It is. But my response to Belinda was that I felt so betrayed <laughs> by... Hamilton because it was kind of like a et tu Hamilton like how could you do this to me mm-hmm. as a freelancer I don't know if you guys are freelancers or anything but tax day is not fun for people who don't have normal jobs no I don't I've never gotten a tax return I don't know what that is like to get money back and like spend a tax return yeah me either my Facebook status is oh, my Facebook feed is always around that time I don't even know when people get them in the mail because I've never gotten one I don't it depends know on like. when you file your taxes um when I'm saying like, oh, I just got like, thanks, government. I'm like, what? Like, I always owe like an insane, like I have to plan around how much I owe. So I love that Belinda had such a positive I know, it's outlook great. on it. But I kind of felt like, I can't believe. Why'd you do Damn, this to me, like, Ham? I started a podcast about you. <laughs> like, Lynn, you know that was going to happen? Yeah, and Lynn wrote this amazing Pulitzer Prize winning piece about you. Like, how could you? I can't believe it. But I just, I love that Ham is everywhere. Now, every day on tax day, thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people will be singing Hamilton and maybe like maybe you whatever guys, gets you through the day, whatever, you know, maybe there are going to be some fun memos on checks. There might be. Yeah. Hey, you guys, we kept him on the $10 bill. Did you hear about that? I heard. Crazy. Crazy. It's amazing. I really, I mean, I, I genuinely think that that is the, the sole reason that he's staying on the $10 bill is because of the Hamilton fervor. It is. And I got to actually talk about it at work. Did you? For the first time ever. I do. If you guys don't follow my personal life, which I like totally understand if you don't. Um, but I do. Uh, I'm an on-camera host. I do for a company called uh, Zazoom Media Group. But the channel that I'm on is called Buzz 60. And I do these like entertainment on-camera video things. And usually it's about adorable animals or like. A dog was rescued from a sewer or something amazing. Pop culture stuff, though. But too. I pitched this thing. I was like, hey, 
to the producers. I was like, hey, I want to do this thing about Hamilton. And they let me do it. So I got to talk about Hamilton. Finally. At work, finally. If Mike was here, he'd be like, she, she talks, talks about, about it, it all the time. Incessantly. Um, but yeah, and also Harry Tubman and ladies, suffrage ladies. Wonderful. Hell yeah. It's about it's time. Now we just uh, have to wait for all those bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson fans to start protesting and then God well, only knows what will happen. You know what? Andrew Jackson. <laughs> we can't. I like, mean, I don't think it's going to. And you called it. A dent. In one of our first episodes, I hear your voice in my head. Jackson, I'm looking at you. Did I say that? Episode three with Kathleen Cameron. We were talking You're about right. like how, like, why is this even happening and why You're right. Hamilton and then a listener emailed us and said it just it happens sometimes. It's for counterfeiting. So this is stuff. all my doing. It's all you. It's all me. <laughs> you did it. I did it. Just you. Yay. Hooray. Thank you, me. Not like <laughs> li- not like Lin-Manuel Miranda nope. talking to the nope. head of the Treasury Department had anything to do with it. Nope. Not at all. Or anything like that. JK. Our next email is from David Wells, and he says, though I'm neither, neither impoverished in squalor nor a hero and a scholar, I, by providence, happened upon Hamilton around the same time a friend recruited me to be on his side for a school board election. And each time I sit in a room where it happens, the palaces and paragraphs in this musical are my refuge. I kid you not, some of the counsel we've received for our strategy has literally been, don't let them know what you're against or what you're for. You guys. I think Mike even said in another episode, like, political hacks of the day are very Burr-like, so accurate seriously to contain my frustration at this i have to talk less but thanks to hamilton i can smile more ham references are what get me through the end of the day and keep this man well especially since my candidate's right hand man thank you for satisfying my helpless obsession i have the honor to be your obedient servant d dot wells amazing amazing and you got a crazy story though like it is really school board election this is what we can't like say what we're against and what we're for i mean yeah, and it's not like you're debating it like like when Chels emailed us about how she was saying that uh, she had to debate her cousin as Hamilton and Jefferson mm-hmm. and then they had to like play the roles. That's totally different. This is real life. It's ridiculous. But you guys, we are not messing around when we say that our listener emails are absolutely the best. They're the tops. And you, I don't know how you guys do it. It's like I, I can't keep up with you. I can't keep up with the awesomeness and the references. I know. And so then Jillian asked if we could have his permission to read the email on air because we want to make sure that our listeners are okay with it before we go blasting them on the internet. Uh, and he wrote back, every action has an equal opposite reaction. I'd be honored if you read this on air, broadcast it. And by the way, congrats on shaking hands with cast members and seeing the play the night before the night before the last one. D. Yeah. Wells. David. Thank you, David. Yeah. Uh, also, spoiler but not spoiler, we record some of these episodes in advance. Yes. So, so the timing doesn't work out necessarily. We saw the play three weeks ago at this point, I guess. Yeah, something like that. But still, I mean, I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed with you guys. Like, unbelievable. Um, so now, Mackenzie. Let's talk about Mackenzie. We have, to, we have to have a conversation about Mackenzie. Mackenzie, who asked us, because I think Mike said, when you send an email to the show, like, maybe just say if you yeah, are just cool mention. with... If you are cool with it being yeah. read aloud yeah. or not. Because we'll always answer you. Always. But we will also ask. Mackenzie, took. she told us, please read this. Yes, explicitly. She actually said, if you could read this on the podcast, it would mean a lot to me, Smiley. So guess what, Mackenzie? We're doing it. Okay, okay so, so we're, we're doing, doing this. this. Which actually I think was the subject of her email. It was. And the 
title of our first podcast. It was. Mm-hmm. I hope I can edit in the clip from the show. I think you'll figure it out. I hope so, you guys. Mackenzie has a has a wonderful style of writing, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to emulate that in my reading of it. Okay. I hope I do it because she writes like I do with a lot of parentheses and capital letters to emphasize things. Okay. Hi guys. I live a freaking ocean away, or that's what it feels like, in Tennessee. And I'm a 12-year-old girl. There aren't a lot of people who obsess over Hamilton like I do. In fact, my brother has frequently tried to wean me away from it like you would an alcoholic. I'm clearly not an alcoholic. I'm not stupid. (laughs) That's what you were going for, Mackenzie, right? That's what I'm going to assume. And your podcast makes me feel like I'm not alone. Not to be a jerk about it, but that's not the first time we've heard that we make people feel like they're not alone. And as someone who has struggled with feeling alone in their life, I just it's it's a very amazing feeling to feel like we are helping with that. So please let us know and let us help you and we will respond to your emails and talk to you. Anyway, Mackenzie goes on. I've debated emailing you for about three weeks, my most burr moment, I would say, and I decided to do it at least at 10 in the morning before I regret it, although I don't know why I'd regret <laughs> it. I've tried to get everyone I know to listen to Hamilton, but as soon as I say founding father, I lose them as quick as the rebels lost the Battle of Monmouth. You guys. The you guys was me, was my commentary. Um, So I've given up on my friends and decided to target my teachers. Recently, I've been assigned a supremely technological book report. And more recently, I've began to read Chernow's biography and wanted to use it for aforementioned book report. You guys, ask me if I used the word aforementioned in a sentence when I was 12. Nope, I didn't. Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. I did not use that word in a sentence. I'm constantly trying to convince my L.A. teacher... I'm going to guess that's language arts or liberal arts. Language arts, yeah. Language arts. Yeah. LA teacher to listen to Hamilton or more importantly, use it for my book report because we can't use nonfiction books because, quote, I want fiction books. I think she's quoting her teacher. Her teacher. Um, I had the silly. That I, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I had the best idea to act out the songs using Vine or Dub Smash as you two did with Kathleen Cameron. What? I mean, come on. Um which I've watched too many times to count. And yet she denies me my creative freedom. And scarily, I want to write a super long essay explaining why she should let me do this. I fear I'm becoming more like Hammy by the minute. I'm picking more arguments than usual. Mackenzie, welcome to the party. (laughs) Uh, Then Mackenzie says, if we could read this on the podcast, it would mean a lot. Your obedient servant, Mackenzie. P.S. I agree with Bianca. Trigger words are everywhere. And anytime someone dares to start a sentence with meanwhile, and then in, in little asterisk, she says... Goes off to pretend that she's Leslie Odom Jr. and tries to live up to his legacy and attempts to sing The Room Where It Happens and fails miserably. Meanwhile, Madison is grappling with the fact that not every issue can be settled by committee. We've all been there, Mackenzie. We are all the same. I think even in person, I've said to Bianca, just like, meanwhile. 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 Congress is fighting over where to put the capital. (laughs) It isn't pretty. Yeah, that one. And I also do... uh, even better. It said, I do that one a lot too. All the time. All the time. It's really hard not to read listener letters and just go, it, it says. So, so Mackenzie. Mackenzie. So our I, response to Mackenzie was keep doing what you're doing. Don't, for sure. Don't let the man get you down. And follow your, you know, obviously stay true to yourself. Try not to get into too many altercations with your teachers because no one wants to deal with that. Sorry for the truck outside my window, you guys. It's like he doesn't even care that we're recording a podcast right now. (laughs) 
Um, Don't you guys know the work we're doing in my <laughs> living room? And uh, yeah, we we support Mackenzie 110%. We love you. We really thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, we're not suggesting you pick a fight no. with your teacher. Because the thing is, I kind of wish Ashley, Ashley was here right now so that she could have some teacher input. But you don't, I mean... Right. Do the report. Do whatever. But don't let anyone take away your creativity. I think that's the bottom line. You guys, this is such a fun little community we have. I'm saying it. I say it all the time, but I can't. I can't help it. I can't not say it. I also say in conversation, this should be fun. But and then I have to say, but, like, but, but reverse. But really, but but it's going to be so fun. But this should be really fun. Yeah. OK, so we're going to shift gears into churnout. OK, this is chapter 11. Ghosts, if you're following along at home. Yeah. So we have to. The, you know, we'll get into a little bit of Ham's personal life in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then there's there's a much bigger issue. And the case of the majority of this chapter, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and Chernow talks about the slavery issue that was going on in that time and the hypocrisy of it all, and we have a little uh, Founding Fathers slavery scorecard. scorecard. <laughs> uh, but, so let's start at first, just Hamilton and his, he... They had eight kids. Eight kids over the course of 20 years. I love in the Hamilton where Lynn, and he's also tweeted this, like, if you guys want to watch a story about eight, eight kids, go put on the sound go of music. Go watch the sound of music. I'm not, do- I, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I can only do so much in three hours. Like, Which on. I'm happy to do. Um, I was Liesl in Sound of Music. Were you really? Mm-hmm. Oh. I have a funny story. This actually is a complete sidebar. Has nothing to do with Hamilton, but I'm going to tell it. It's a funny story. Do it. Um, there's this... Uh, this little this little girl that's a like a friend of the family. Um, I was watching her one night, and she is she's gonna be about she's gonna be four next month. Oh, little, little, yeah. But she recently, I guess over the past like year or so, her mom must have been playing her the Sound of Music, um, mostly like Do Re Mi, My Favorite Things, So Long Farewell. Uh, 16 going on 17 16 going on 17 that's yes. where I'm going oh okay right so she hasn't seen the movie yet I mean I was obsessed with the movie when I was a kid I had the massive like two VHS thing oh, right. that I used to cart around to my grandparents house with me and make them watch it I only saw it when I had to audition for it and be in it oh this really? was also eighth grade so <laughs> but yeah so really she, know uh, she hasn't seen the movie but she's familiar with a lot of the songs and so we were listening to 16 going on 17 in my car while she was watching the YouTube video of it on my phone because she is four and can operate an iPhone oh, and guys. that's a thing you guys so <laughs> like fully knows how to operate it so anyway we're watching the video and she just loves it so much and so we have Liesl and Rolf and they're you know prancing in the, in the rain in the gazebo and she turns to me and she goes they're gonna get married and i go oh uh i said she hasn't watched it all the way no through? she doesn't well she hasn't seen the movie she's only seen the, oh, the right. song oh, and so boy. i said i said well um you know it might not happen i'm like you never know has like you know lisa's really young she is just 16 <laughs> and she's like yeah you're right but when they're older, they're going to get married. And I went, well. <laughs> I do love that you didn't just yes, yes, end this four-year-old. You I gotta, couldn't. You're a break, realist. But I also couldn't like completely break her heart that like that's not how it ends. And I was like, well, um, you know, who knows? 
who knows, knows what's gonna happen with Lisa. who knows anywho anywho we, to, we do know <laughs> back to hamilton and his eight children <laughs> we do know a little bit about what happened with ham thanks so to over the course of 20 years eliza has eight children oh my god just sounds freaking exhausting and live to tell about it honestly i mean yeah their first daughter was named after angelica mm-hmm. and then um their third child, James, was named after the estranged father of Hamilton, who I'm surprised he named him after him. I think his fourth... Was the, it the fourth? The fourth child was fourth named child. James, and the third was Alexander. Right. Third Alexander, fourth James. Yeah. It's already getting confusing, oh, because yeah. now... Oh, good. Another Angelica, another James. Another Alexander. Another Alexander. What? Yeah. Okay. But I think something really um, important to note is that in the midst of all this, while Eliza is caring for all these kids and having them and being consumed with being pregnant and child rearing and all this oh stuff. God. I know. I can't even. And her husband off to war off. and having a revolution. and Yeah. It, it's. Oh, anyway. Hey, what does she do in the middle of all this? In that? the middle of all this, they take in an orphaned child. Okay. Because they already had whole bunch of i think they already had six kids at this point just about yeah, yeah they, they had, had six. six children um or so it's the the child of colonel edward antill he was a king's college graduate and also a revolutionary war veteran his wife dies in 1785 and he's completely grief-stricken and he's left with all these kids and he doesn't know really what to do so he has a breakdown two years after his wife's death and his daughter fanny who was two years old at the time I guess she must have. So I guess his wife must have died maybe Jesus. in childbirth or I, I mean, right at the time. Of that's where my mind her went. Birth. Um, and she was taken in by the Hamiltons to live with them. And then Edward, unfortunately, dies two years later, probably because he just couldn't handle it. The heartbreak or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Fanny stayed and lived with the Hamiltons as their own until she was 12 years old when she went off to live with a married sister of hers, which is just like so kind. Yeah. Eliza, so now, Eliza, she marries an orphan. She adopts and takes in another. Then she co-founds the orphanage. I established the first private orphanage in New York City. So, I mean, she must have had such a special, open, warm place in her heart for abandoned children, which is remarkable. Yeah. Considering she was already dealing with, like, 75 of her own. Yeah. It sounds so stupid of me to keep repeating it, but the time in which they lived, it was to not have easy. Eight children, yeah, to live to t- to survive it, and then just to just take to even in, survive it to survive childbirth in general, yeah, and then to raise these children and to then take on just yeah sure sure yeah, get, whatever we'll you take got another one happily. I mean, she's she's incredible. We will tell your story, Eliza. That's it. We're doing mm-hmm. it. Okay, so we're doing this. Maybe every episode will reference, okay, so we're doing this. (laughs) But, I mean, they still managed to have quite a social life during this whole time because they lived, they were like the top of the list of like dinner parties and they were always, um, they were going to the theater. They were like a power couple back in the day. They were like, and Eliza was Jay Z and Beyonce. (laughs) But awesomer. (laughs) Awesomer. More awesome, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But she was also super thrifty and creative. And she, they were always kind of dressed to the nines, thanks mm-hmm. to Eliza, who what when she wasn't raising her eight children, she was like and making two year old, and adopting two year old. She was crafting things and making these bags, 
pot holders and designed patterns for furniture and made clothing for the children and yeah. herself. Does she know she had the time to do that? Are you serious? <laughs> like, I mean, that's another example of why she and Ham were so really so wonderful for each other because they both had Harry Potter time turners, not unlike Lynn. Seriously. I mean, it's the I mean the things these people accomplish now I'm like you guys I have so much going on really I'm the worst person ever to, if I ever say that I have too much going on like I'm a jerk you're not a jerk it's a different time it's a different time don't be I so guess, hard but, on yourself but, re- but reading it's kind of like I know shit. it kind of makes you feel like really it's, it puts it puts a lot of things in perspective a lot of things so another uh, instance of acts of loyalty and kindness we already know that Ham is was always a very loyal guy to his comrades and whatnot. Uh, but we have two examples here. One includes Baron von Steuben. Uh, he had been promised by Congress that he would be paid if the Patriots won the revolution. Then Congress went back on their word, didn't pay him. Great. So Ham takes him in and helps him write up all the petitions to plead his case. And records show also a really good amount of unpaid loans from Ham to the Baron at this time. Very nice. Yeah. And not the first time Ham has done something no, like that. No, not at all. Another involves Eliza also. So there was this guy. His name's Ralph Earl. He was a painter and he painted many scenes from the revolution. Uh, he came back to New York, ended up losing all of his money, and he ended up in a debtor's prison, which doesn't sound fun. No. I don't even know what happens in a debtor's prison. It's awful. Can't be good. So Hamilton persuades Eliza to go there and sit for her portrait so that he can make some money. And then she influences all these other women to do the same thing and sit for their portraits. And this allows him to make enough money to pay his debts and get out of debtor's prison. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yep. And you know what? That what? portrait that he did of Eliza is the very portrait that you can see on display at the Museum of the City of New York right now, which is where Meg's cards are being sold. What? So you can go up there and see the exact portrait that Ralph Earl did of Eliza in order to get him out of prison. That's amazing. It's amazing. And again, you guys, it all comes back to Ham. It all comes back to Ham. Always. Always, always. So I thought that was really cool. When I was reading, I was like, oh, it I is looked very up, cool. Because I looked up the exact portrait, um, which is the one on display in the museum. And it's also the same one that's on Eliza's Wikipedia page when it says Eliza Schuyler Hamilton, Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton. <laughs> By Ralph Earl in 1787. That's and amazing. Like, that's the same one in the museum. How that's, cool is that? That's the one. That's incredible. I love it. Yeah. You know what I don't love? What's that, Jillian? Hypocrisy. Mm. And I hate slavery. Mm. And guess what? Guess what? We got to talk about both. Yeah, we do. <sighs> All, right. All right, you guys. Here's the thing about the goddamn founding fathers. It's really annoying that they did really wonderful things. And as they were doing it, they were fighting for this revolution. Fighting for freedom. Fighting for freedom and owning slaves. Like a lot of slaves. It sucked. Yeah. It still sucks. It's awful. It's a thing that people don't really want to talk about. We have to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's an unfortunate um, reality that we can't really escape. Yeah. So earlier, you know, Lawrence was fighting to emancipate the South. Yeah. And fighting for slaves to be included in the revolution and every day he just it was just not happening and it just got denied, denied, denied. And unfortunately, he didn't live to be able to continue fighting for it because Hamilton really did, even though there 
All right. So the Schuylers upstate had like 27 slaves. 27. 27. Well, and they did everything from like cooking and cleaning, fishing. Yeah. Well, Jefferson had like 200. So 27. I guess 27 is really not a lot. Then uh, yeah. In the scheme and, of and like Burr had a couple had like five ish. And there are, it's like, there are uh, insinuations that the Hamiltons had one or two when they got married. Yeah. So the fact that Eliza grew up in a home with 27 slaves, and then there was, there was a quote from a letter that saying that Eliza helped manage them or was sort of like... Like in charge of them? Or like the assistant mm-hmm. to... And Chernow says that that's kind of a terrifying thing because she was so not into it. But I guess when you're a certain age or you're living with your parents or Yeah, whatever, and I guess if that's just what you're... What it is. You're used to yeah. and what's a, what your reality is. I don't know. Yeah. And the, the suggestion that she and Ham maybe employed one or two at some point... It's kind of up for speculation. It's all pieces from letters. Yeah. There was like something about maybe it was a gift. Like from like Angelica or something. There was a letter that says Angelica was kind of disappointed. Because she didn't have any slaves. To help with a party. Uh, you guys. It sucks so much. Um, so here's the thing, though. Sorry for that barking dog. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I feel like I have to acknowledge it. Um, so this chapter takes place on the fight against slavery in new york city so living in new york city now it's kind of like we think oh they were in they were in the north like the south well, was yeah. all about slavery we, like we what? tend to to equate slavery as a southern thing and granted it was rampant in the south especially with like um cotton fields and all like it was definitely a big southern issue yeah. but it was by no means not happening in the north yeah um in fact it was very common yeah uh but and by 1784, you have Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Connecticut had outlawed slavery or at least passed laws to try and gradually extinguish it. Right. Not included in this bunch, New York. Yeah. They still regularly held slave auctions. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is that, of course, it ha- the whole idea and, and the fact that slavery existed had an effect on what Hamilton was trying to do because the idea that the whole topic needed to be tabled to help preserve the union kind of meant that the Southern plantation economy was off limits in political conversations, right. which meant that the only thing anyone could focus on was what Hamilton was saying. So of course it's going to be extra scrutinized because people are kind of like, Hey, look at that big sparkly financial plan. Don't look <laughs> at what's going on in the South and our right. economy and what that means. Um, it was kind of the only thing to talk about. So guess what? We're talking about it. Founding Fathers, we got your slave scorecard, and it sucks. John Adams, everybody, sit down, John, you fat mother... Because it's funnier that way. It is funnier that way. (laughs) As someone who's now seen the show, what is going on? Uh, He didn't own any slaves. He is quoted in saying the idea, it's a foul thing. But he didn't always practice what he preached. He was a lawyer. He did defend them. But as a politician, he kind of didn't do anything to help them. He opposed plans to emancipate slaves joining the Continental Army. He contested the use of black soldiers soldiers at all. And he opposed a bill in Massachusetts legislator because uh, to, legislator to abolish slavery. Why? Scared of the South. Hmm. Sit down. John. It sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. 
All right. Next up, we ben have... Ben Franklin. Okay. So in his early years, he brokered for slaves for himself and others. Later in life, he admitted that his previous slave owning had troubled his conscience, and he became a resident of the Pennsylvania Abolition Society. Took him long enough, but he got there. He got there. Sort of. Yeah. Not the worst of, of offenses. No. Um, George Washington owned 100 slaves, at he least. Did. He treated them well. He wouldn't break up families or anything, which sounds like I'm making excuses, but I'm not. But that's, I mean. I think that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think that, you know, from stuff I've read and seen that if you could at least keep families together, that was something that they were some, somewhat grateful for. Yeah. Uh, although Chernow says he was, quote, a bit of a stickler for reclaiming runaway slaves. George Washington, mm-hmm. stop it. Yikes. Ah, uh, um, but apparently he didn't feel great about it. I mean, he's quoted as saying that it was kind of on his conscience, but he didn't talk about it or speak out against it until way later mm. in his life. But he did emancipate his slaves in his will, and he set aside money for the freed slaves and their children. But it's just like, God. Once he died. The whole thing about a stickler reclaiming runaway slaves, like, shit, that sucks. You want to take Jefferson? No. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. <sighs> all right so jefferson we already know he had like all the slaves all the slaves according to Chernow, he understood the hypocrisy of being a part of a revolution and also being a slave owner kind of hard to do that when you have 200 slaves and thought african-americans were innately inferior okay all right so oh, God. he actually endorsed a plan to stop importing slaves and then was bummed that it never went through but unlike Washington, he only freed a small amount of his slaves. Among them were the brothers of his mich- mistress, Sally BLM Hemings. Sally BLM, darling, won't you open it? When he was president, he had all these like fake, like half-assed plans. Again, with this like, we'll gradually abolish it type of thing. But right. it was never, it was always like, oh, in all these years and let's give them, you have to free them, but you have like a super generous 16-year grace period to do it it's like dude just do it do you believe in abolishing it or not because it's it 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 sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me i mean no it's complete bullshit it's like super politics and just not saying anything and what are you afraid of you wrote the declaration of independence like why are you so afraid of what people are going to think of you well i think that's the whole crux of being a politician is nobody to quote Burr, no one wants to say what they're against or what they're for because they want to still be liked by everyone. You don't want to complete, they don't want to completely alienate entire group of people. Even when that that group of people is super wrong. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this is still very true in today's politics. Yeah. All right. And I mean, minus the slavery. Right. Well, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I mean, honestly, we can argue. We, that's a whole other that's podcast. Whole other. Let's add that to the list of our podcasts. Right. We're up to 37 podcasts. Yeah, excellent. Um, Next up. James Madison. He was like Washington. He was nice to his slaves, although mm-hmm. there were 120 of them, uh, which Just is like, insane. Just like, what do you need all these people for? Yeah. Apparently, Chernow says later, and also about Madison, that when people lived on plantations or l- were like 
that grew up in these sort of situations where they had these big houses and that needed a lot of upkeep. Right. They kind of didn't know how to handle not having slaves. Which is like... To quote my friend Sean, girl, bye. Like, are you serious? (laughs) That's why you're going to hold back? I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, he didn't... He didn't... It's like he didn't defend it but he didn't do anything to help it and it's just like you guys i'm like i'm done i'm done with you i'm done with you so then and the thing it gets even worse you guys because the peace treaty that ended the revolution there's something called article seven it says british were banned from quote carrying away any negroes or other property after the war Mm. that was i i hated quoting that but i had to do it in context so On one hand, slave owners thought this meant that British had to return their slaves back to them. The British thought that the slaves were considered free because they crossed British lines. And the Hamilcast thinks it's bananas to talk about people like their property. I know. It's absolutely insane. What are you talking about? And like that is, well, that is what they were at the time. That's how they were. To them on paper. that's, That's how they were treated and regarded. Whether they were treated well or treated harshly, they were still property yeah okay well did did tam refuse to defend the slave owner i was just gonna say did someone rise up someone did rise up (laughs) what's his name alexander hamilton he refused to defend the slave owners if there was something that stripped people of their personal freedom ham was not having it no not into it no which is interesting because when it came to business with hamilton he was all about contracts and all that stuff but not with this. And that's awesome. Yeah. Chernow says for someone who thought that contracts and like binding, binding agreements. legal yeah. documents. If you're talking about a national bank, fine. But like personal freedom, no. different. Not going to happen. Well, I think that's also colored by his experience as a child in the yeah. West Indies. Um, where he grew up around all this as a chi- as a, a young boy. And I think it probably had an effect on him to have seen it at such a young age and like all the terrible conditions that they lived under yeah and i think it helped with his outlook and he brought a much a really educated perspective of where he came from and saying look like i've I've seen it firsthand Mm -hmm. and i know these yes they have too because people they were owning slaves which i still literally can't even believe is a thing it boggles my mind but it's a, a kid growing up to see these awful conditions and what was happening and the effects of it, I think he and grew up. And the treatment up, that yeah. he witnessed firsthand, too. Unbelievable. That he could say, like, no, absolutely not. That's why it has to be abolished all over the place, because it doesn't matter if you're in, like, a state like New York, which right. Chernow even says kind of better. Yeah. As opposed to other states. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton's like, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. Right. It's all or nothing, and it should be nothing. And that's the thing. So by 1785, the New York... Manumission Society started up. A bunch of manumish manumission. <laughs> Tongue twister. It is. As in a bunch of revolutionary manumission abolitionists. Give me a position. Show me where the ammunition is. They started campaigning against slavery. They wrote letters and essays because, of course, Ham was involved. Um, but the weirdest thing about it is that John Jay, who was the chairman, yeah, he owned slaves. Five. You guys, I can't. Five slaves. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, but 
here they did do some good they started a registry to prevent african americans from being tracked down and forced back into slavery they started the african free school for students and taught them basics that's good um also aaron burr He Mm -hmm. agreed to help. Mm -hmm. He proposed a bill stating that all blacks born after a certain date could be free and that slavery would end completely after a certain date. But. Right. But Burr himself had four or five household slaves. So, yeah. 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 Okay. He he wrote of them affectionately. But as he got deeper and deeper into Jefferson's camp, he thought it was a good move not to make any mention of being an abolitionist. Great. Great. Awesome. Wow. Give me a break, you guys. You know what he did back? What did he back? It was an amendment that was totally voluntary. It was essentially like a suggestion. If you Mm. wanted to, you could free slaves between the ages of 21 and 50. What happened to the people under 21 or over 50? So the kids and the elderly? (sighs) So they get to stay and be... Or like not talked about. Right. Or whatever. No. You guys, what the F? Mm Mm-mm. Ah, uh, so the fact that so many people were speaking out against slavery, so many people that were speaking out against slavery actually owned slaves was super awkward for the society. Because so, <laughs> yeah, it's super awkward for the New York Manumission Society, which is supposed to be about ending slavery. Okay, okay. so they had to have a meeting to figure out what these slave owners were going to do. Are you? Ki- I mean, it's laughable. I mean, you ha- it's one of those things where, like, if you don't laugh, you're going to freak out you're and gonna get cry. really upset and cry about it. <laughs> so Hamilton proposes a plan that slaves under 28 years old will be freed on their 35th birthday. Ham. Those under 28 would be freed seven years from now. And any slave over 45 should be freed immediately. Again, what about the younger kid slaves? What or, about them? Or the older slaves? Or the, Well, anyone over 45 would be freed now. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm, I'm just so confused. I know. It's, very, it's so it, stupid it's that you have so all these stupid. little like nitpicky like rules and yeah. shit. And then also you had, to, you had to emancipate them and not sell them because things might be a lot worse for them now in a place other than New York City. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that is the thing that I wholeheartedly support the fact that no they have to be emancipated that's it right you don't just resell them that's just continues the problem um but everyone had a problem with that because they were like nitpicky i don't like the timetable and it's in in the ages and all this crazy bullshit um so of course there was another pamphlet involved called a dialogue on the slavery of africans etc um so basically ham was like look i tried I tried to find a middle ground, but you guys are idiots. So now I'm just going to fight for the complete abolishment of this whole thing. Great. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, it still didn't happen for a while, but it's good to know that Ham was on the right side of history, even though he may or may not have owned slaves. Yeah. Like one or two. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. It's 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 all up in the air. It's conjecture. Yeah. But it's 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 a shitty thing. It is. But it's like I was saying when we were talking about watching the show and being at Hamilton and seeing how they portray Jefferson. Like he's such a fun in in so many ways, a fun, Mm -hmm. over the top, flamboyant guy, which he was. But then you see like his slaves on the stage dragging him around and cleaning his house and Sally, who we haven't even gotten into and we don't have time to today. But 
we have to talk about her just like they did amazing things but they also were like the worst in so many other ways i know i think it's just it's really hard to if this was the culture and this is what was happening i don't know if how you break away from something like that that's just been a part of your life even if you don't agree i don't know i really don't know i know it sucks i i don't it's and if you know it's something that needs to be talked about because it's part of this history as much as you know George Washington being a hero and mm-hmm. all of these people doing these incredible things it's just you can't really ignore it because it's part of who they were and i think that's a big struggle for people people don't want to talk about it no, people don't want they to don't acknowledge it and the same thing with him yeah. he was a flawed individual he cheated you guys a lot <laughs> yeah and admitted it he sure did. Highlights. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet. But I mean, these men were incredibly, incredibly flawed in a lot of really shitty ways. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. Except our listeners. They're perfect. Yeah. We, we can't end you. it on a downer. No, not at all. We, we love our listeners. Thank you. Yes. Um, so I guess that's it for this chapter. For this chapter. Yeah. It ends. Turn out so He's just such a wonderful writer, but he kind of he kind of ends all of his chapters on an ellipsis. Yeah, sort of. He like does. Onward and here we go and let's see what happens next, which we will. What comes next? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us at thehamilcast.com for all of your Hamilcast needs. Yeah. Social media things we talk about on the show at the Hamilcast on facebook twitter instagram all that yeah i think that's all we're on right now i think so it's snapchat confuses me snapchat. <laughs> i that. thought about snapchatting like doing a snap story of like us going to the show and then i got too overwhelmed oh by my it God. and i didn't do it sorry i can't believe you were thinking about that when you were like worrying about the tickets and ripping up the extra copies like i can't believe that even entered your mind i was like this would be cool if we had like a journey to show but we did in a way yeah we did no we we so did i was just trying to get on another medium (laughs) trying to listen to what the kids are doing these days i don't know what the kids are doing you guys let us know yeah kids go on to the helmetcast.com <laughs> and tell us all about it um i am jillian at jillian with a g my show is the residuals the residuals.tv i'm underscore bianca jean underscore on twitter and instagram hang out with me there i love that that's our new thing hang out with us hang out on with social us. media um thank you guys so much stay tuned next week and we are signing off i am g.pen b.so